The first night of Slichos is always referred to popularly as the Slichos of Lishmoa El Harina Vilatvila. That is the chorus, the pismon of that third Slichos. The Slichos before Rosh Hashanah are all structured as introductions that are generic to all of Slichos, Slichos Shem Hatzdaka Velanoboshis Haponim, followed by two short Prose, they have a poetic nature to them, but they're recited as prose. Each person recites individually. Separated by the recitation of Yud Gimel Midos. And finally, after those two sections, a pismon recited interactively between the Chazan and the Tzibor. The pismon, the chorus, or the interactive slicha on the first night is known as Lishmo El Harina Vila that's the phrase that keeps recurring after each little section and little installment. What's interesting is that most of these interactive slichos are very generic. They don't have to be said on the second day or the third day or the fourth day. They're about tshuva, Rosh Hashanah, Malchus in general. However, this one, the one which we recite on the first night, Lishmo El Harina V'El Hatfila was written specifically for that first night for Ashkenazic Slichos. The Ashkenazic Minhag is to begin Slichos on a Masay Shabbos, either the Masay Shabbos right before Rosh Hashanah or a week and a few days before Rosh Hashanah, as this year, Tavshin Ayin Bey is leading to Tavshin Ayin Gimel, because Rosh Hashanah is earlier in the week. But whatever the year is, Slichos begin for Ashkenazim on Masay Shabbos. So this Slicha, or this pismon, starts with the words, On Matzei Shabbos, the night after Menucha, Menucha, the day of Menucha, Shabbos, the night after Menucha, is Matzei Shabbos, on Matzei Menucha, the night after Menucha, We have begun to address you, to, in certain ways, not just speak with you, but accelerate the process, position ourselves by beginning tefillah even before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, where we're hastening our tefillahs to show how important, to show the gravitas, to show that we recognize the full weight of the moment. Kidam nucha tefillah. So this is the pismon, which we recite on the first night of Slichos. It is colloquially referred to as Lishmar Harina V'yala Tefillah, very famous piece that normally Chazan and Hudav in the first night of Slichos tend to render melodically or musically. The Pismon itself touches on many, many well-known ideas that will be reinforced and reiterated throughout Slichos and throughout the Tfilos of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So, for example, in the very second section of that Pismon, the second part already has a reference to Akedas Yitzchak, which figures so prominently on Rosh Hashanah in particular, and in Yom Kippur, remember Zichronos, the second section of Musaf Rosh Hashanah, conjures up many memories, but the most powerful memory is the memory of Akedas Yitzchak, which is symbolized by the shofar, and with which the bracha concludes, the bracha after reciting ten brachos, ten psukim of Zichronos, the Akedas Yitzchak hayom beracha min tizkor, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should remember the Akedah and have mercy upon his children, Baruch HaTashem, Zachir HaBris. So Akedas Yitzchak is obviously a central image of this month, and already the beginning of the Pismon on the first night of Slichos 
B'tzedek ne'ekad v'nishchat t'muro ayel. Yitzchak was bound, B'tzedek, with, with righteousness. It's a strange employment of the term righteousness. And instead, an ayel, instead of Yitzchak being sacrificed, an ayel was sacrificed. And the, the, uh, the shofar reminds us of that ayel, of that ram. Ginona gizo, please protect his descendants, bizakasam, when they cry, beod lael, while it's still night. And again, the, con- the concept of night for slichos, or early night, uh, in many communities today, in order to facilitate people who couldn't otherwise come, there are what is called as early slichos. Um, early slichos, not so early, but 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11. But ideally, slichot should be the ideal time to recite slichot is actually in the end of the night as the day is about to break and let the slichot break the day and start davening right into the early part of the day. In many places, because our entire uh, schedule has changed, we stay up later and get up later because of electricity than people did in the past. So because we stay up later, so slichot are scheduled after chatzot. But ideally, slichot shouldn't be said before chatzot. So the concept of saying it in the middle of the night is already latent within these paragraphs and within these words. Another general idea which is featured in this pismon is the idea of Hashem being close and of us seeking Hashem, particularly when He's close. So this, the third paragraph of this slicha, Darosh na dorshecha bidarsham panecha. The word darosh, to seek, to, to find, to pursue, is written three different terms. Deroshna Dorshecha, seek your seekers, Bidarsham Panecha, when they seek you. Hidare Shlomo, be sought, and as respond to our seeking, Mishme Meonecha, from your heavens. Ulashavas Chinunam, and to their cries, Altale Moznecha, don't uh, close your ears. So the notion of seeking and being sought, and us seeking Hashem, and Hashem seeking us, and Hashem allowing us to seek Him and, and be answered properly. Um, this is, of course, a play on the very famous opening to Perak Nun Hei and Yeshaya, which is a parak we recite during Tanis Tzibor. Dear Shuas Hashem Behimatzo, Kra'uhu Biyoso Karov. We should seek Hashem when He is found. We should seek Him because He's close and He allows Himself to be sought. The Rambam in Hilchos Tshuva, Perak Beis, sees this Pasuk, which we tend to read as a general Pasuk on every Tanis Tzibor, the Rambam sees this as a direct re- relationship or direct reference to the month of Elul. The Rambam writes that even though Hashem is always available and always present, there are times that He's closer, more accessible. And He refers to these times as the time of Jerisha, when we seek Hashem. And the Rambam actually quotes this Pasuk, Dirshuas Hashem Behimatzo, Seek Hashem when He is found, suggesting, implying that there are times that Hashem is more, quote-unquote, available, more reachable, and that's the month of Elul and Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur. So these are general themes that surface in the first Pismon, the theme of Akedas Yitzchak, the theme of seeking Hashem. And the Pismon begins with, on the night of Menucha, the night after Menucha, we begin to seek you, we begin to uh, position our tefillos even before the Yom Hadin. Now, of course, the Slicha is known as Lishmoa El Harina, the El Hatfila, as uh, asking Hashem to listen to our song and to our prayer. This combination of Rina and Tvila is taken from a Pasuk in Malachim Aleph Parakhas, in which Shlomo Melech asks the Rabboni Shalom, as he's inaugurating the base of Mikdash, he requests of Hashem to listen to his Tvilos and all the Tvilos that will pulse through the base of Mikdash, because the base of Mikdash is not just a site 
for ritual and sacrifice, but it's a center for tefillah and an international center at that. The phrase which we recite from Yeshaya, Ki Beisi Beis Tefillah Yikarei Lachol Hamim, reminds us A, of the nature of the Beis Hamikdash as a location of Tefillah, and B, as a, a conduit of Tefillah's international Tefillah's, Lachol Hamim, not just the Tefillah's of the Jewish people. Now, what are the images and symbolisms of this phrase, Lishmoa El Harina Vela Tefillah, and particularly, how do they relate to Slichos? Why were they embedded in this Slicha? What are the poetic layers of Lishmoel Arena Vila So there are possibly three. It's hard to know which one, possibly a combination of the three. Number one, when Shlomo HaMelech mentions Lishmoel Harina Vila Shel Avdecha, he's asking Hashem, he's asking for Rishus, for license to Davin as a Shliach Tzibor on behalf of the entire Jewish people. He wants to inaugurate a location of Tzibor, and obviously the house will serve as a locus of Tzibor well beyond Shlomo's career, well beyond Shlomo's life. But he also wants his particular tefillahs to be accepted. The language of the Pasuk is L'shmoel harina v'yala tefillah shel avdecha. I'm looking up the Pasuk while I'm speaking, but he's asking to be a shliach tzibor. And the first thing a shliach tzibor must do is he must ask permission from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to represent the Jewish people, to represent, uh, to represent his constituents. And there's a lot of that happening on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Probably the most famous example is before Musaf, where the Shlich Tzibor launches a section called Hinani Hanimimas. I'm a poor man, morally, I don't have the right to represent Am Yisrael, but yet the task is so mighty and there's no one else, and therefore for someone to have the audacity, the arrogance, just to become a Shlich Tzibor, when the stakes are so high, when he's standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he's playing the role of a Kohen Gadol, without first admitting and acknowledging his own limitations, his own inadequacy, that would derail, that would short-circuit the entire process. The Shlech will only be successful if he has humility, if he realizes the gravitas, the largesse of the moment, and the inadequacy of the messenger. So we begin, Musaf, we begin Ni'ila. Hinani, here I am. I'm impoverished morally. I don't have the right. We should, we should have a better chazan, whose beard is longer, who's closer to people, murav bedasim abrios. But I don't necessarily have those traits, but yet I've been asked to defend the children of Yaakov and to pray on their behalf. It's a very beautiful part of the tefillah. It's a very, very foreboding part of the tefillah, where you sense the, the, the weight and the significance, the pomp of Musaf about to begin, or of Ni'ilah about to begin. Similarly, when we begin some of the sections in Musaf, particularly the Avoda, or even in Rosh Hashanah, we're about to begin Tkiah Shofar, there's a section called Ochila Lakel, Achale Panav, in which similar request and solicitation is made. I'm about to daven, Mashem Marche Lashon, Ladam Marche Levu Mashem Mane Lashon, man has to control his heart, but a Baruch Hu, uh, ultimately knows what's happening in the human mind and gives man the ability to speak So, in that spirit, Shlomo is asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be a Shliach Tzibor. The Lashon of the Pasuk is, I have it now, Please answer the Tzibor of your Eved, with your solicitation. So the Shlomo is referring to the general purpose of tefillah in this house. He's referring to the specific tefillah he's offering that day as a shliach tzibor, and he's asking permission to be a shliach tzibor. 
So when we quote Shlomo, the first night of Slichos, Lishmar El Harina V'Alat we are basically beginning this process of Shliach Tzibur. The Shliach Tzibur has such a central role on Yemim Narayim. It's such a celebrated time to be a Shliach Tzibur. How can we begin saying Slichos? Typically the person who says Slichos in Shul's very often is the one who will daven Mosef, or Ne'ilah, or Maris, will be someone that we'll hear from, and will lead us in tefillah throughout the Yavim Narayim, during the period in which the role of the Shleich Tzibur is so amplified, so he invokes Shlomo's phrase, Lishmo El Harina, V'el to be part of that tradition of soliciting permission to daven, rather than just beginning to daven, and that solicitation of license is a show of humility and modesty. So that could be one connotation of the phrase, Lishmoel Harina Vila Second connotation is the fact that we're all gathering in Shul, and typically, on Hashanah Kippur, the, the largest gathering, the largest grouping of people in Shul, sometimes in some communities, people that don't come to Shul the entire year, still come to Shul on Hashanah Kippur. It's sad in certain ways, but it's also a reality. There are one-time-a-yearers who come for Hashanah Yom Kippur. The Gemara in Brachos, quotes this Pasuk, Lishmoa El Harina V'Alatfila. And the Gemara says that that phraseology, Lishmoa El Harina V'Alatfila, is actually a reference to a Beis The Gemara says, Where is the Rina Shal Tfila? The Gemara says, Tanya, Abba bin Yamin Omer, Ain Tfila Shal Adam Nishmas El Beis HaKnesses, Shinemar, Lishmoa El Harina V'Alatfila. B'makam Rina, Sham Tehei Tfila. Somehow there's a poetry, there's a song, there's a magic that tefillah attains in base Knesses that it doesn't attain outside of a base Knesses. So this is not a share to elaborate upon the meaning and the significance of base Knesses. But that phrase of Shlomo was taken by Chazal as a reference to davening in a collective communal setting rather than davening individually in the mystique and the magic of a base Knesses. So what better, better way to begin our two, three weeks in the base Knesses where we are positioned together for so many hours then by quoting the Pasuk, which highlights that a base Knesset is not just the site of Tfilah, but a site of Rina Shel and by invoking Shlomo's Pasuk about the first base Knesset, the base Amikdash. So in addition to invoking Shlomo's request for license, the phrase Lishmo El Harina V'el HaTfilah is also highlighting the role of a base Knesset. Finally, there's the Gemara in Tamir on Daf Lamed which also references the notion of Lishmo El Harina V'el in a way that's relevant to Slichos. The Gemara in Tamid, Daf Lamed Beis, says that if a person stays up late at night and studies Torah, he has a Rina of Torah. It doesn't talk about the Pasuk in Melachim Aleph, but a related Pasuk. A Pasuk in Echa, Perak Beis, says, Kumi Roni Balayla, get up and sing at night. Larosh Ashmurot, as the shifts of the night are passing. Gemara in Brachos talks about the night being divided into three celestial shifts, or, or, or time periods. Now that Pasuk in Echa was originally said as a state of mourning. Get up early in the night, in the early hours of the night. You can't sleep. Cry for the base on Mikdash. Shifchi chamayim libech nochach pene Hashem. Pour out your heart in front of Hashem. Davin for the base on Mikdash. And this Pasuk became the source of the minute of Tikkun Chatzos. To get up early in the night and Davin on behalf of Galos. To mourn Galos and Davin for Gula. But the Gemara in Tamid says that anyone that gets up early at night and learns, Shechina Kinegdo, he's standing in front of Hashem, as the end of the Pasuk says, Nochach Pene Hashem. And the Pasuk I've talked about in the context of Hasmada, 
Hasmada for us, by the way, in modern contexts, typically is taken as staying up as late as you can, learning until you go to sleep. Whereas Hasmada for Chazal was getting up after you sleep a little. They didn't have electricity, so they all went to sleep earlier. And then they would get up at 2, 3, and learn until daybreak. So getting up in the middle of the night and learning was a special experience which puts you into contact with the Kodesh Baruch in a way that for us would be staying up later to learn and pushing sleep off. But Slichos is about getting up in the middle of the night and feeling that magic of being up late when everyone else is sleeping, speaking to Hashem and davening to Hashem. So the phrase Lishmo al harina ve'elatvila within the Slicha doesn't just evoke the images of Shlomo inaugurating the base on Mikdash and soliciting permission to daven, and not just the image of the Gemara and Brachos on Davav, of the arena of a base Aknesis, the poetry of a base Aknesis, but also just getting up in the middle of the night, getting up early, Kumironi Balayla, experiencing Rina, experiencing this mystique of being up in the middle of the night, whether it's being up in the middle of the night to learn Torah, as the Gemara in Tamid suggests, based on the Pasuk and Echa, or in our context, getting up in the middle of the night to say Slichos. And again, ideally, obviously there have to be concessions made for all sorts of issues, but ideally, if a person has the opportunity to say Slichos, Slichos should really be said, either by waiting up late into the night, or by getting up early in the morning, if possible, earlier in the morning. Um, again, there, there needs to be concessions. A lot of people feel frustrated. How can I say Slichos? It's going to make me tired for Rosh Hashanah, make me tired for Yom Kippur. That's pretty much the point. Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin. There should be a certain fear and instability, and, and you shouldn't be on your game. You shouldn't be relaxed. You shouldn't be in a state of quiet tranquility. You should be sleep-deprived, again, not to the point of being unhealthy or not to the point of... But there should be a sense of sleep patterns changing. So frustration that some people feel about late-night or early-morning slichos, which leads to sleep-challenged uh, experience... Is, is one that you should embrace. It's a fatigue you should embrace, not necessarily try to avoid and make uh, artificial concessions. Again, for older people, ill people, people whose schedules just simply don't allow it. I know that every year uh, I have to once or twice sometimes go to a early, early slichos, like a 10 o'clock or 10.30 slichos, because I'm just <coughs> so tired and so out of my schedule, I just won't, sim- simply I'm, I'm going to get sick. But generally to try to steer towards a slichos in the middle of the night or early, early in the morning before davening. Not, uh, e- even if it's just symbolic. Yeah. If let's say you normally daven at a 7.30 minion, even if you just get up at 7.10 and say slichos, you're not really waking up that dramatically early, but you're just symbolically showing that you're waking up earlier. So sometimes uh, at shuls that start slichos at the normal time of davening, it's always better to change the normal time of davening and preposition slichos to davening. The end of the pismon, I know this shear is a little longer than the typical 15-minute slot, there's a very beautiful imagery that two sections in the end of this pismon feature. We ask HaKadosh Baruch lechonanam chinam, to give us free passage, free um, recuse, free, um, uh, the word's escaping me, uh, when, when, when a sentence is commuted, when, uh, when a president uh, commutes a sentence and allows them to get out of jail, again, the word is escaping me, from the protected treasure chest. What does it mean we ask Hashem for free rachamim? Um, the next section, Save them, may otsar from the treasure chest, which is protected in your precincts. So this is based on a medrash. The medrash says, I believe it's in Parshas Kitisa, but it's a medrash that appears several times. The Moshe Rabbeinu ascends to Shemayim, 
I'm paraphrasing the Medrash, but he ascends to Shamayim and he sees a huge treasure chest and he asks Hashem, he asks Hashem, who is this for? Hashem says, those are for people who do mitzvahs. And then he asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is this for? Hashem says, that's char for people that learn Torah. And that's char for people of Maish and Tovim. And, and then Moshe sees this huge, unlimited treasure chest. And Moshe says, who is that for? That's endless. That's infinite. Hashem says, those are for people that don't have any merit. And don't deserve any reward. And don't deserve anything they ask for. And I give it to them freely. Undeserved love. Undeserved chesed. And when Moshe hears this, Moshe says, this is what I want. I want I want to get my schar from this unlimited, expansive source of schar, which is given to people freely. And what Moshe is saying is, that although I deserve, although I have merit, although I could ask for things that are coming to me, what I really want is your free love. What I really want is undeserved love. And at the very, very least, it's because when a person gives something to another human being that that recipient doesn't deserve, that's the greatest sign of love and of care. And it also doesn't just reflect or demonstrate love and care, but it generates love and care because you're, you're acting nobly, you're acting selflessly, you're not reciprocating, you're not paying back, you're simply bestowing kindness. And that elicits the most noble part of human character. And we feel good when that nobility is evoked or that nobility is amplified and we feel, and our, and our feelings are more often directed at the target and the object, the reason that those feelings were elicited. So Moshe says, I want you to love me so deeply that I want it to be free rather than anything I deserve. And this is the medrash that we are alluding to when we recite the slichos. When we say, we want free from that treasure chest which you preserve or reserve for people that don't deserve. In the next section, the treasure chest that is protected. We're referring to this matter, and we, like Moshe Rabbeinu, are asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we may deserve certain things, but we want it to be free. A, because your free, undeserved rachamim is the type that will create a deeper bond with us, and B, because, again, so much of Slichos is recognizing and acknowledging our own inadequacy, our own lack of deservedness. What can we say? What can we claim? What chance? What hope do we have? So by admitting this inadequacy, we're essentially launching our right to daven. If we don't admit inadequacy, then our davening is arrogant, and our davening is, is simply... Um, it's, it's, it's empty, because the premise of davening is you don't deserve anything. So we're starting by asking for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's free rachamim. And this is, I'll have time in Hashem to discuss this in other contexts, but one of the Yudki Momidos, in fact two of the Yudki Momidos, which are typically seen as a pair, Rachum B'chanon, Erech HaPayim Rav Chesed, Rachum B'chanon, according to most opinions in Chazal, based on the Gemara in Brachos, Dav Zayin, means we're asking Hashem to give us Rachum V'chanon, free and undeserved rachamim, as the lashon of chanun. Chanun means um, uh, rachamim, compassion, but it also stems etymologically from the word chinam, free. 
as the Gemara in Bracho states on Dav Zayin, Af al pi she'ino hagun, even though we don't deserve, we're asking for Rachum and Chanan. So when we say Hashem, Hashem, we're asking for Rachamim that may be deserved. When we say Kael, we're asking for a different type of Rachamim. When we recite Rachum v'chanun, we're referring directly to this Gemara in Brachos, directly to this medrash, directly to the word chanon, directly to the notion of chinam, directly to the pasuk in Kitisa, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu announces, v'chanosi es asher achon, v'richamti es asher arachem, I will have compassion on the person I choose, suggesting not the arbitrary nature, but the undeserved nature. HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses, because a person doesn't deserve. And keep in mind that in that pasuk, the term Chanon and Rachum are featured. The Chanosi Chanon Eis Asher Achon, the Richamti Rachum Eis Asher Arachem. So, in the very beginning of our slichos, we reference this very magical medrash about Moshe, which will feature so prominently in our tefillos, acknowledging our inadequacy and asking for a Kodesh Baruch Hu's free and undeserved compassion and pity. Lechonanam lechinam meotzar hamenutzar to have compassion on us in a free way, without any deserve, without any mandate, from that unlimited treasure chest that you have reserved in your uh, in your heavens. So these are some of the images which are evoked in the very beginning of that first night. The image of Rina and Tfila, based on the Pasuk in Malachi and Lishmoel, Harina Vielha Tfila, the image of magic at night, Kumi Roni Balaila, the image of finding Hashem during a time that He's available, Duroshna Darshecha, Bidarsham Panecha, the notion of Jerisha, of seeking and having Hashem respond to our seeking. Of course, the reference to the Akedah and the free Rachamim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised for those who don't deserve and bringing ourselves to the point where we realize that we fall into that category.